This is a HeadGum Podcast. While Andrew and Craig believe the joy of discovery is crucial to enjoying any well-told tale, they will not shy away from spoiling specific story beats when necessary. Plus, these are books you should have read by now. Andrew, just checking in real quick before we talk about One Last Stop by Casey McQuiston. Uh, first, I apologize for the way that I sound. It's because I have COVID. Hooray. I'm doing okay. I'm uh, pretty tired, mostly, but you're know, hanging in there. I just wanted to let you know why I sound the way that I do. So I'm going to try and get out of your way super quick. First up, it's November. Welcome to November. Uh, I'm going to read you our November schedule. You also have seen this on our social feeds and on our Discord server if you're a part of it. Uh, so this week, obviously, we're going to be talking about One Last Stop by Casey McQuiston. Uh, November 14th, we're going to be talking about a choose-your-own-adventure book called Planet of the Dragons by Richard Brightfield. It's a good time. Uh, November 21st is Fried Green Tomatoes at the Whistle Stop Cafe by Fanny Flagg. And then on November 28th, we're going to be talking about Ramona Quimby, Age 8 by Beverly Cleary. Finally getting into that Ramona series. I'm happy that we got to do that. And then our bonus feed episode this month is going to be more Goosebumps. It's going to be the last of the books that we're covering for Goosebumps. It's going to be Night and Terror Tower and the Egg Monsters from Mars. Both thrilling, chilling books that keep Spooktober alive. Also wanted to remind our U.S. listeners that uh, Election Day is tomorrow, November 8th. Uh, so if you have not already, please remember to go out and vote. Uh, vote.org has more information on where your polling place is if you need to find it, if you need to find any relevant info about whether your state allows same-day registration or any technicalities like that. That's, that's a website to go to for all of that stuff. If you tweet your I Voted sticker to us at OverduePod on Twitter, the place where you tweet, even though, I don't know, maybe Twitter won't be around in a couple of days. It's hard to say right now. We will probably be uh, retweeting those I Voted stickers all day the way that we normally do. So yeah, hit us up with those. There's more stuff I could say, but uh, I am fatigued just from doing this. So I'm going to let you go. Uh, enjoy my wife, my wife, my wife, Susanna, and I talking about Casey McQuiston's One Last Stop. Welcome to Overdue. I'm going to do it again. <laughs> Welcome to Overdue. It's a podcast about the books that you have been meaning to read. My name is Andrew. My name is Susanna. Craig's not here. He had They had a baby in the future. In the future. <laughs> we're, recording, we're recording this at the end of July. Craig is out. So here we are. You might remember. Who are you, Susanna? Tell I'm, everybody. I'm your wife. My wife. I'm my wife. <laughs> my goodness. <laughs> your wife and the mother of your child. Cool. I knew I knew you from somewhere. Um, Susanna's been on the podcast before. She talked about a book where Japanese school children killed each other. Yep. Uh, you talked about the, the Count, Count of Monte like, Cristo. I believe that was the last one. That was a long time ago. That was, that was like a long time. Four ago. years ago. And you're, you've, you've got another book that you read. So every week, one of us reads a book that we've never read before, and we tell you, the listener, about it. Susanna, what book did you bring to the podcast this week? I read One Last Stop by Casey McQuiston. Yeah. This is one of those books with a pastel color palette and a big letters on the, co you know so what I'm talking about? So when we, we recently sold our house mm -hmm. and uh, the realtor, when we were selling our, our former house, told us to color coordinate all the books on our bookshelf because it, quote, looks better in pictures. To, it, to organize them not by author or genre or anything else, but by what color they were. Yeah. It nauseated me to do it, but I did do it. We did sell the house, so there you go. Mm, and yeah. this book would not have fit into any of the color sections because all of our <laughs> books are like primary, like rainbow colors. And this one is like mm. a sort of uh, lily-ish, pinkish purple. It's very pretty, mm -hmm. but yes, mm -hmm. it's it's a it's a different shade. It's it's, it's a, got a very trendy one of the trendy, trendy covers. It's a trendy, trendy romance covers. novel cover. Yes, 
Uh, so this book is, like you said, it's by Casey McQuiston. It is a, like they were born in 1991 and they author, they, they write books that I think would loosely be categorized as romance novels, but Wikipedia says that they write in what is apparently called the quote, new adult fiction genre, okay. which is new ad- fiction for new adults and not new fiction for adults. <laughs> Okay. Um, um, but it's, it, it is a romance like, though. Yeah, no, I'm sure, I'm sure that it is, but it, like this, I was just reading about this new adult fiction label. Cause I don't think I'd ever run into it before. And it definitely sounds like a publisher created yep. subgenre because the main thing, like the main thing that a book in this genre does is like aim at like the 18 to 35 demo. <laughs> Yes, absolutely. <laughs> Rather than like anything else. So I think they are sort of a little bit lighter in tone and style in the way that sure. a YA book might be, but sure. about somewhat older people, somewhat older people with somewhat older problems. Yeah, I guess YA and is also, usually, guess, yeah. YA is usually teenagers, right? Mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. and this is young 20s and there's aged probably people. Probably not this much like explicit slamming in a YA book. Probably. No, there's a lot of it, the YA in my unprofessional uh, experience is the usually a lot of staring, a lot of longing, a lot of pining, but very little actual like putting the bodies together. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it makes people uncomfortable when teenagers do that. <laughs> makes teenagers uncomfortable yeah. when teenagers do that. Absolutely. They're not very good at it. They're yet. really not. <laughs> um, but Casey McQuiston's thing is that. Um, it's she, they pronouns, uh, they is, I think what we're going to try to default to, but a lot of interviews for this book, which came out in 2021 are all using she. So I, you know, either seems to be fine. Um, but, uh, they, they, they're big on like book talk. Their first book was called red, white and Royal blue. It's a book about the adult male son of a fictitious U S president who meets, is it Prince? Like literally Prince Harry? No, like it's a, a fic- it's a fictitious Prince. Okay. It's Prince Henry. Henry. I have Henry. that book too. I have not started it yet, but I'm very okay. excited. A fictitious prince and they also, they too slam each other. But um, yeah, the the success of that, which was their first book, was like very word of mouth, very TikTok driven. Um, this has happened for other books that we've read. I think The Love Hypothesis, which we read a while ago, um, was also another like sort of word of mouth surprise sleeper hit romance book that is now in every bookstore ever. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, and there was, you know, the, the, there was an indie Brooklyn bookstore called books are magic, which is, which is fairly well known said that one last stop was its most pre-ordered book ever Oh, wow. at the time. That's pretty cool. But yeah. so but probably a lot of people listening have, have heard of this book. How do you, run into it. So, um, in January I made a, I made a resolution as one does in January to read more books because I had really, I used to read for fun, literally constantly. It used to be mm-hmm. like my main form of entertainment mm-hmm. and I, you know, I'm a grown up. I lost the, I lost the touch and, yeah. um, and animal crossing and, and animal crossing the whole, mm-hmm. whole thing. Yeah, it really is. And so I, I, um, texted friend of the show, Margaret Willison to ask for some recommendations. And she asked me a great question of, as trying to determine what to recommend to me. She asked if what book, if you could reread any book for the first time right now, like if you could erase a book from your memory and read it for the first time again right now, what book would you choose? Which mm-hmm. I think is a great question when you're trying to mm-hmm. find, think of something to recommend. And um, I said uh, The Kiss Quotient, which uh, is a, a romance novel. I also said World War Z, uh, which <laughs> could quite a <laughs> very different um, thematically. I bet Margaret didn't have as many no things she, like World War Z. No, that she knew to recommend. But she said, you know, she's when I said those books are really different. She said yes, but they uh, they both want to be read. You know, they're both uh, <laughs> they're they're not difficult to read. They're both like you know they they want you to enjoy them. You know, they're yeah, they're that's fair. yeah, and. Um, so she, as, as you say, she did indeed go more the kiss quotient, uh, um, route. I loved kiss quotient. I don't think you guys have ever done that one, but I think you would I don't like think it. We, it's, we have. it's at lovely. least not in July, maybe between now and October. We'll, we'll you never know. figure it out, but it's, I don't know. It's, it's very good. Um, mm-hmm. anyway, so she recommended, uh, this one and two others, one of which I read, it was called beach read. Uh, I liked it fine, but it didn't really like 
sing to me. The other one I haven't gotten around to yet. I can't remember what it's called. Um, but this <laughs> one, now I will admit that it is possible that my uh, opinion is somewhat colored by the fact that I read the majority of this book sitting on the beach. Mm-hmm. Um, but I loved this book so mm-hmm. much. It was so you did, good. You tore through it pretty I fast. I tore Usually, through it. It seems like you're reading a book for like 10 pages yeah, at a time yeah. in the evenings and it takes forever. And Yeah, but we were on vacation and I was sitting on the beach and it was perfect. And uh, and I, I mean, as I say, possibly it's not quite as good as I think it was because I was having such a good time when I was reading it. But I think it's very, very good. You're, um, you're not alone in, in liking it a yeah. lot, so... Yeah. Yes. Um, so what should I, should I just start with plot? What would you like me to, to start with? Uh, well, I mean, we can start with plot. I have a couple of interviews that she did oh, ahead, where yeah. she talks about the kinds of stuff that her book is doing. Um, I guess we can, okay, let me start with like a broad quote about this interview from the cut, which is from a series that they did titled hot Vax summer, which awesome. is aged just great. <laughs> As a, as a concept, um, this is McQuiston saying, I think I accidentally wrote a quarantine book. Uh, there's a lot about feeling isolated and feeling trapped and emerging back out into the world, blinking into the sun. Um, the interview says, uh, of McQuiston's work, her books play with classic rom-com structures, swarm and enemies fall in love. A chance encounter with a girl turns into a sprawling adventure, but are littered with enough nods to group tra- group chats and Lana Del Rey that they feel both entirely of the moment and like a relic of a bygone era of movies. Uh, McQuiston talks about really liking like Nora Ephron stuff, sure. really liking like late nineties and early two thousands sort of rom-com movies. So let's start there, I guess, is, is, you know, tone, uh, other stuff that this reminded you of, and then we can get into like what, what the plot is. Yeah. Um, so definitely the tone, like, as was said in that article, definitely it's very chatty. It's very, um, current. It came, I'm not sure when McQuiston started writing it, but it came out in 2021. Um, it's set in 2020, but there's no pandemic, you know, so that was nice. This um, is, that's, it's interesting. I have a quote about that, but go through, finish what you're going to say, <laughs> then we can talk about it. Um, so it, uh, it reminds me that the, the dialogue in this is, is very charming and very, you know, realistic. It's, a, it's occasionally it's a little bit overly, you know, um, perfected in, t- in terms of the banter and whatever, but it reminds me of the way other friend of the show, Christina Tucker talks, the characters <laughs> in this talk, just like our friend Christina. So I was, I was going to ask on a scale from one to like Amy Sherman Palladino, how, mm. um, <laughs> how like rapid fire impossible do these characters speak like to a each seven, other? Like a seven. Okay. Yeah. Which, right. you know, it, in, when in the right group of people, one could believe that uh, people could talk that way to each other. Okay. Um, sure. Yes. Uh, so what was your, what was the quote you had? Oh, just the, um, so again, McQuiston from a, uh, refinery 29 interview that as far as I know, didn't have anything to do with hot back summer. So <laughs> good job gang. Um, the interviewer asks the novel takes place in 2020, but it's obviously a very different 2020 New York than the one that actually occurred. Um, and McQuiston says, uh, I'm going to give you an honest answer, which is that I didn't feel like doing the math again. I started writing this book in 2018, uh. finished the second draft in 2019. Uh, then I was in line edits around the time I moved to New York in early 2020. Um, and then, of course, those first few months of COVID, I don't think any of us were like, oh, well, this is going to be a year or two of our lives that we're going to have to incorporate into the canons of all our works of fiction. And she talks about having the characters like age and like Zodiac signs and everything really specifically figured out like relative to the year 2020. Absolutely. Yeah. She has all her fits. She'd had the characters, family members and their Zodiac signs. Absolutely. Yeah. And she had those tattooed on her. And, and McQuiston says, uh, the ripple effect of this is too much. (laughs) She's absolutely correct. Like the, the more than most books, the, math surrounding what year it is and what year it has been uh would be a huge pain so uh, yeah i support it i support they're not more than a find and replace i support there not being a pandemic for august and jane i think they deserve that that sounds good um okay so this book is romance but also there's a twist like do you i just want to talk about like the the core concept and then we can get into sure so sure so um i the, the 
one, I'm not sure if this was if this is a problem or not. So the back, you know, the back blurb, the, the summary on the back of the book um, gives away the first twist, um, mm-hmm. which happens pretty early in the book, like you know, sixth of the way through, something like that, like pretty early. Yeah. But I think I would have enjoyed the first part more, not enjoyed it more, but I think I would have. Um, been more surprised certainly by the pretty significant twist if I hadn't known that that, yeah. that it was coming. So I think McQuiston said like they were thinking about th- they knew that the twist was going to be like on the on the back cover like they they knew that the I think they they really want their books to have a hook that can go on the back of the of the book that sure. really draws people in like here's the here's a son of a president and a prince of England who are banging each other here. <laughs> yeah, no, for sure. Like I get that. Um, um, I, it's, it is a very well-written twist when it does come. Um, mm-hmm. And if you're the sort of person who, who likes that kind of revelation, um, I guess I would say stop listening right now because yeah, um, yeah I was, my, one of my friends was over recently and she was like, she took the book and she was like, Oh, what's this? And she was reading. It. I was like, don't read that. Don't read that. If you think you might actually uh, read this at some point, don't read the back of that that book. Yeah. Um, and said, yeah, I know a lot of people are going to read this on Kindle and they're not going to see the back sure. of the book. And I hope that those people get to enjoy the twist for the, the thing that it is. Hey everybody. It's Andrew again. Maybe your significant other is trapped in a time traveling train situation. But one thing that you don't want to be trapped in a time warp is your website. Maybe it's time to spruce it up. Maybe it's time to create a new web presence. Delete that old web 1.0 relic that you've got going on with the little under construction gift guy and all that stuff. And make a new website with Squarespace. Squarespace is a website that helps you make websites. They give you beautiful templates, easy to use drag and drop tools, and 24-7 customer support so that you can build a website no matter what your technical skill level. Uh, Here's some more things that we like about Squarespace here at Overdue. Uh, You can grow and engage your audience with Squarespace email campaigns. Create powerful email content that matches your website with your existing products, blog posts, and logo so your messaging is consistent and effective. You can collect donations, uh, support your cause by gathering contributions with PayPal, Apple Pay, Stripe, and Venmo. You can gain powerful insights into who's visiting your site and how they're interacting with your content with in-depth website analytics tools, including page views, traffic sources, and more. And you own all the content you put on the Squarespace platform. They offer one-click data portability, so you can pack up and go whenever you want. Not that we think that you're going to want to. Uh, So go to squarespace.com for a free trial. And when you're ready to launch, go to squarespace.com slash overdue to save 10% off your first purchase of a website or domain. That's squarespace.com slash overdue to save 10% off your first purchase of a website or domain. Overdue is also sponsored this week by BetterHelp. It's easy to focus on problems instead of solutions. Things like, why is my girlfriend trapped on a train car? And what does it mean for our romantic life? Uh, It can help to have someone to talk to about your problems. And that's why we like BetterHelp. A therapist can help you become a better problem solver, making it easier to accomplish your goals, no matter how big or small. People in my life have used BetterHelp to navigate their feelings about the pandemic or their jobs. Uh, I've used therapy to talk about relationships, to talk about the joys and the travails of parenthood, all kinds of things. There's not a lot that therapy can't help with. So if you're thinking of giving therapy a try, BetterHelp is a great option. It's convenient, accessible, affordable, and entirely online. Get matched with a therapist after filling out a brief survey, and you can switch therapists at any time. When you want to be a better problem solver, therapy can get you there. Visit BetterHelp.com overdue today to get 10% off your first month. That's better. H-E-L-P dot com slash overdue. I guess I'll just start with the beginning of the plot of the book, shall yeah, I? It. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, so main character is August. Um, this book is written in a close third person present, which is kind of unusual. Okay. Um, so like it, like there's a sentence that says August smells like pancakes rather than mm-hmm. like August smelled like pancakes or I smell like pancakes. August, uh-huh. I feel like that's sort of, um, I, I don't feel like that's pretty, very typical, but it's, it's, okay. it's charming. Mm-hmm. Um, she, uh, so August is a recent transplant to Brooklyn. She's 23 years old. She is a, uh, she's finishing college. She's had a bit of a, a drawn out college experience. 
you know, like many people do. She's a mm-hmm. bisexual virgin. She is, has five boxes of possessions. Uh, that in- includes all of her furniture. She doesn't have any furniture that doesn't fit in a box. And oh boy. <laughs> yeah, she sleeps on an air mattress. And she, um, she is an amateur detective. Um, her, she's from New Orleans, and her mother uh, basically raised her doing this... Um, uh, investigation on her, the mother's brother's disappearance. So the mom's mm-hmm. brother, August's uncle, disappeared in 1973, which is before August was born. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's sort of been like the defining thing of her, certainly her mother's life and August's entire life is this disappearance, this like unsolved situation. So August has basically no connections to anybody. She just sort of pulled up and left because she couldn't take this this uh, constant presence of this case and her mom's constant like uh, dwelling on it and basically using August as like a decoy so she could sneak into the back of like a police <laughs> station so she could like go through old records like that's mm-hmm. the kind of thing Sounds August like has been doing her entire life. This is a cool mom. She she's in a lot of pain. <laughs> she's in a lot of pain. Sure. Um, she did. I think she did her best. <laughs> um, but uh, you know, it does not sound like a very nice way to grow up. Um, so she moves to Brooklyn. Here, I'm going to read. So the beginning of every chapter has a little like piece of um, of media. Like there are, uh, let's see, what are there? There's police reports, letters, um, library checkouts, Craigslist, Mitt's connections, um, classified ads, Yelp reviews. There's even one that's like a Humans of New York um, Facebook post. Mm-hmm. You ever seen that one? Humans yeah, no, of New I've York. Yeah. So yeah, it's cute. Um, so the first one is uh, taped to a trash can inside the Popeye's Louisiana kitchen at the corner of Parkside and Flatbush Avenue. Seeking young single roommate for a three-bedroom apartment upstairs, sixth floor, $700 a month, must be queer and trans-friendly, must not be afraid of fire or dogs. No Libras, we already have one, call Nico. Um, so that's, that's the very opening phrase in this, in this book. So August, having no connections and nowhere to go, you know, goes and meets these people. So uh, there are a whole lot of, so she has these three roommates. I'm not going to get into them very much because it would just take too long. Um, but mm-hmm. they're, they're very charming, um, very sweet and fully realized. These three, you know, queer roommates that she has. There's a drag queen across the hall. It's just, there's this whole, like, community that sort of she finds and gets herself into as, uh, as the book progresses. Again, sort of and against it sounds, her It sounds will. like a lot of fun personalities yeah. to, to spit out, like, fun one-liners in response yes. to plot things as yeah. they develop. One of them is a, a um, what's the word? A, like a medium, like a psychic. Uh, so okay. that comes in handy from time to time. And they just, <laughs> and they just like, uh, they just accept her completely from the beginning, which like how lovely for her who has never felt um, particularly accepted. And she doesn't, she doesn't really want to like do that at the beginning because she, I don't think she really believes in community because she's been mm-hmm. alone her entire life. Yeah. Um, but she kind of can't resist them because they're just so earnest. Um, she, um, gets a job at uh, a restaurant called Pancake Billy's House of Pancakes, which is a good name for a pancake restaurant. <laughs> sure. And I mean, you know what you're getting. <laughs> um, and she's going to college. And so one day she gets on the Q train, which I guess is a real train in Brooklyn that I did not look up, but that's the main setting for this. Whole I mean, they book. all got letters and numbers yeah. and stuff on them. So she gets on the Q train, which goes from Brooklyn to, um, to Manhattan um, and she slips and falls and spills coffee all over herself. And <laughs> yeah, classic and, first 10 minutes of a yeah. Nora Ephron movie. <laughs> and she is like sitting there and like on the train, she's like, co- she's covered in coffee. I think it's winter. And so she's it's, like, there's snow and she's dirty and everything's awful. And she's like trying really hard not to cry, not to cry because you know how it is. Well, maybe you don't. I know what it's like when you're like trying really hard not to cry. You don't cry. So um, I, yeah, I mean, I've ever cried. I know if I if know you if like, cry, I know if you're human crying. <laughs> but if you like fell and spilled coffee all over yourself, your instinct would not be to start sobbing. No, I'd be so mad yeah. and embarrassed, and I would start digging a hole so I could bury myself in it, and nobody would could like perceive me anymore. But right. I would probably not be crying. I'd yeah. just be upset. August doesn't want to cry. She's just like she like you. She doesn't want to be perceived, and she knows she'll just be perceived more if she starts crying. But sometimes mm-hmm. you just can't help it, and so. Um, 
so I'm going to read you this opening thing here. So she's basically sitting on the in the subway, covered in fil- in like dirt and snow and coffee, mm-hmm. and uh, then the, a a, per- a girl appears in front of her. August age, maybe older, all devastating cheekbones and jawline and golden brown skin. Her black hair is short and swoopy and pushed back from her forehead, and she's quirking an eyebrow at August. There's a white t-shirt tucked into the ripped jeans and a well-loved black leather jacket settled on her shoulders like she was born in it. The set of her smirk looks like the beginning of a very long story August would tell over drinks if she had any friends. Yikes, she says, gesturing at August's shirt where the coffee stain has soaked in and spread, which is the last possible reason August wants this girl to be looking at her boobs. The hottest girl August has ever seen just took one look at her and said, yikes. Uh-huh. Um, so that's, I think that's a good ex- uh, example of the tone, you know, sort mm-hmm. of the, the flow of the, the words here. Um, and also that's, this is Jane. So August meets Jane on this train in her, uh, in her, compromised state. Uh, (laughs) Jane gives her a uh, scarf to sort of cover her coffee covered self Mm -hmm. um, and wishes her luck. And, and that's it. And uh, so then as August takes, she takes this commute from work to the apartment, to the, to school. And so she takes the Q train all the time and she realizes that she and this girl have the same commute. So she, cause she sees her every time, like every time mm-hmm. she gets on the train, uh, going either direction, she sees Jane. And mm-hmm. so they chat and they flirt a little bit and she says, you know, thank you for, you know, for helping me. And they, and, you know, they just have a little charming little banter and they introduce each other. And, um, then one day, and so August asks her out one day, mm-hmm. which takes mm-hmm. a lot for August. August is a very like nervous, awkward person, but also like deeply like, longing for connection um so it was took a lot of a lot of internal work and a couple of pages of like internal dialogue for her to work herself up to this i mean maybe maybe that's what a a new adult novel is is just like watching people try to figure out how to make the leap from acquaintance to friend and how that's the hardest thing that anybody has to do in the whole universe and since this is a close the narration is a close third person there's a lot of you know in just inside august's head what she's thinking and it's very um it's very charming it's very um natural and and self-deprecating it's just very believable for like a, a young person to be like you know, I, I like this person so much. I'm having such a good time talking to them. Why would they ever want to talk to me? They're obviously mm-hmm. so much cooler than me. Like, look at the, you know, it's like that kind of thing, which I relate mm-hmm. to hard. And um, so she, she works up the nerve. She asks her out. And Jane just sort of looks at her with this sort of weird look on her face and says, I, I don't think I can. And that's, and that's it. And then August is so embarrassed that she doesn't go on the train at all for a couple of weeks. Yeah, because that sounds like... It, it's the way it's phrased. I mean, I, I know the twist from reading interviews about mm-hmm. the book, but the way it's phrased is like, oh, I've been rejected. Yeah. Holy. And that's it's my fault. Devastating. And now I can never talk to another human being ever again. Exactly. And so she she's at work. She's at this at Pancake Billy's House of Pancakes, the very good right. uh, diner restaurant where she works. Mm-hmm. Um, so she's and Uh, August refills the ketchup bottles and wonders what demon jumped up inside her and made her invite a hot stranger to tolerate her terrible service on a Saturday morning in a place where she used to work. Oh, she had found out that Jane used to work at Pancake Billy's. That was like the thing that they bonded over. Jeez, Um, okay. Just what every public transit flirtation needs, old coworkers and a sweaty idiot dumping syrup on the table. What an extremely sexy proposition. So, you know, she's just really... She's really letting herself have it. Mm-hmm. And then she looks, so, and this is a, this restaurant opened in 1976 and they have like all these old photos and stuff on the wall. And she's looking at, she looks at one of the photos and in one of the photos from 1976 is Jane mm-hmm. who looks exactly the same mm-hmm. and is wearing the same clothes even uh, that from when every single, and then August starts to realize that every time she's ever seen Jane, uh, she's been wearing the same outfit every time. I was going to ask, like, did, did she just assume it's kind of kind of like a Simpsons situation well, where the characters very, all wear the, the same clothes every day? I mean, the the outfit is is pretty generic. You know, we just like jeans and a leather jacket. You know, it's mm-hmm. it's not like particularly distinctive. So maybe she just like thought this was the this girl's style. <laughs> there wasn't sure. much else to it. She has but like a also, Steve Jobs, Elizabeth Holmes thing going yeah. on, and it's just her thing. But also like dress the same every day. 
August also is kind of blinded by how attracted she is to this girl. So maybe she just really didn't think about it that much. Sure. <laughs> um, so, and then she, she does this experiment where she like, she gets on the train and sees Jane and then she gets off the train and waits for the next Q train to come. And mm-hmm. she gets on that one and Jane's mm-hmm. on that one too. Mm-hmm. So Jane's on every train, every Q train that August ever gets on. Jane is there. Okay. And, 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 and nobody else has noticed this. Um, it's not true of everybody. So, oh. cause August has her roommates who are now her friends, like run this experiment. They, they'll get on the train. Then they don't see her, but if they're with August, they see her. Oh. And, um, so she's always there for August, but she just sort of comes and goes for everybody else. Um, and so, they, so she, so she has this, um, she has this very, you know, uh, cool Brooklyn roommate group and one of whom as I think I mentioned is a psychic and so they like have a seance to try to figure out if this girl is a ghost or like if she needs help crossing over and it's like and the funny thing is like August doesn't actually even believe in any of that stuff but she like takes it very seriously because something obviously very weird is going on Mm -hmm. um and uh and uh, Nico, who is the, the psychic, he's like, no, she's not a ghost. There's nothing, nothing there. And he comes to meet Jane on the train and like holds her hand. He's like, no, this is a real person. <laughs> and so, uh, so then August finally just, and so, and so Nico's credentials are, are what, like, he, what evidence he, do we have that, <laughs> um, he just knows things, okay. <laughs> just, all right. like, knows how people are feeling all the time. Okay. Um, he's very sweet. I like Nico a lot. And uh, so finally, August just like goes to, to Jane and says, like, so how old are you? And she says, I'm, t- I'm 24. Mm-hmm. She's like, oh, OK. Um, what year were you born? And Jane's like, like, why are you at like? I don't understand. <laughs> like, why are you asking me this? Mm-hmm. And then, and August just keeps like gently, but like, why, like what's going on? Like, why won't you come off the train with me? Like what's, and finally Jane just says, I don't, some, I know something's wrong with me, but you don't have to mess with me. Okay. I don't know. It's blurry. It's all blurry as far back as I can remember. I don't, I worked at Billy's in 1976 and that's the last thing I remember until you brought me out of it. The last thing she can remember, she, she remembers working at Billy's, but she only remembers that because August reminded her of it because mm-hmm. August, like from the quote that I mentioned at the beginning, August smells like pancakes. Mm-hmm. So, uh, so, Jane remembers that because of like that sense memory, you know, how that whole thing about how the smell, the sense of smell is more yeah. closely mm-hmm. related to like memory stuff. So mm-hmm. that's the only thing she can remember. And she's very like freaked out. And it, Jane is such a, uh, interesting character because like her basic personality is intact. Like she's extremely confident, extremely cool, stands up for people, like kind of always looking for a fight. Um, and she, so that part of her is constant, but her actual like memories of who she is are completely gone. The only re- classic like fiction amnesia stuff, yeah. though, right? It's like people don't remember names of friends or relations, but they do like remember how to drive. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. And she, um, the only reason she even knows her name is because it's written on the inside of her jacket. Um, so it's not because she remembers, it's just because she can read. So she can read, but she mm-hmm. doesn't actually know her name. Mm-hmm. She has this backpack that's full of just like s- stuff that she's just found on the train over the years. And she doesn't even remember like things about being on the train. Like the only thing she remembers about the train is August. Mm-hmm. Um, so the stuff in the backpack that she's found on the train, though, that is from... It's from, All it's, it's, it's from, not just from 1976. It's from 45 from, years. There is stuff okay. in there from 1976. Like she has like a old, um, do they have Walkmen in 1976 or something like that? <laughs> Probably. <laughs> she has some sort of music thing. Um, a August, like portable phonograph yeah. machine or something. I don't know. Victrola. Yeah. Like yeah. before August realizes this, she just thinks Jane is like, you know, hipster cool with her old school headphones and like tape deck. She doesn't yeah. realize it's because she doesn't have a smartphone or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, so they, so then the next section of the book is um, them, the two of them and also August friends trying to figure out how to like figure out what this actually means. Like 
what if Jane just tries to step off the train? What would happen? And what happens is she just like, sim- she cannot do it. Like it just doesn't mm-hmm. happen. It's not like there's it's a like for- there's a force field or is not like really. It's just like, it just, it just doesn't way up to doing it. It okay. just doesn't. She just, or actually, no, sorry. She, she like disappears and reappears somewhere else on the train. Like when she oh, tries, okay. she like, it's like she steps through a portal, but like, it's not a portal you can actually see. Mm-hmm. Um, so, uh, and Jane is, she doesn't, rem- you know, like I said, she doesn't remember anything. She can't tell them why she's there. They don't even know like what year she was born. Um, but she does just, remember every interaction with August. She remembers happened. every interaction with okay. August, um, because of this like sense memory thing that happened. So, um, since that's the only thing they have to work with is the sense of smell, August starts bringing her food. And um, that starts to like trigger some memories of, you know, uh, what her favorite flavors are. And so it's like some very general stuff. Um, And so one day August is eating like a um, some sort of like peanut sesame thing that she got from a Chinese food restaurant. Mm -hmm. And Jane is like, got a she's like, that's something like I, I know that's something that smell. And so but August already ate it. So Jane like kisses her to like try to figure out what it is sure and that's <laughs> classic romance logic it's not like let me go to get place another where one. i got this and get another one no it's they have like, like it's the moment it. it's the yeah. moment you know you mm-hmm. have to go with the moment because everything's so like fleeting mm-hmm. and um and that's so and she figures out that she used to work in a, a restaurant with her family but that's all she can really figure out from there mm-hmm. and but the kiss also does something and so then uh, so basically for the next several, at least weeks, maybe months, basically August brings Jane food and then they kiss as, for research, um, because Jane <laughs> okay. keeps, Jane keeps having these like fleeting little things of like, I remember this girl and we used to do such and such thing like in, and and it was like this, and so it's this, it's this very sexy, like telling August like exactly how to stand and how to like touch her and how to like brush her cheek and all this stuff to like try to bring this sense memory thing back. Mm-hmm. And so mm-hmm. this all sounds very normal and. Well, it works. So, you know, yeah. you can't argue with results. Next time you have to remember something, we should like smooch more about it. I don't know. <laughs> I, like, I don't understand. Why don't we do this? Because I already know everything about my life and your life. <sighs> Probably not. Mm, yeah, probably. We've known each other since we were 18 years old. Yeah, it's been a long time. <laughs> anyway, um, so she eventually pieces together um, the, uh, she was from San Francisco. She lived, she left San Francisco in 1971. She lived in New Orleans for a while, which is where August is from. So mm-hmm. um, they're like, you know, that's another connection that they have. Mm-hmm. She went to Brooklyn and in uh, 73 and she's been stuck since 77. Mm-hmm. And in amongst that, she l- briefly loved and boned a lot of women, like a lot of women. Because okay. Jane Canonic, you know, in her own world is only 24 years old. Mm-hmm. And she has been with so many women. It's incredible. Like, I don't know, maybe I was... <laughs> When I was young, like first I was very shy and then we were together for our, our whole lives. So, yeah. but, but like she has been with, I think August has like a book where she's like writing all this stuff down because like I said, August is like an amateur sleuth. And so she's trying to like use these little bits of information that Jane is able to come up with to like actually make a timeline of what, what Jane's life has been so they can try to figure it out. Mm-hmm. And, um, I think she, I think it adds up to like 25 women or something. And she's, wow. this girl That's is, tw- a lot. she's 24 years old. Who has the time? You she's know, 24 and also she was gay in 1976. Like it's, yeah. and, and there was always, so there, was under- like, there was a culture, you know, there's an yeah, underground no, culture. Yeah. Yeah. And I, Jane's I think not that, mainstream. Um, no, you, you would. And part of the reason you would probably go to, to New York city is to, because the place is big enough that that culture can exist in that time period. And I think McQuiston talked a little bit in interviews about, wanting to do a little bit of, of talking about like queer history in this book and like doing that through Jane. Definitely. Like Um, using, using her to do that. So, so yeah, no, I'm just, I'm, I'm, that's a lot of, 
point being that's a lot of people yeah and like and the, 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 there are a lot of reasons why it's surprising that it's all that many people yeah so like jane is super hot and like especially in a lesbian way i guess so like you know it's not surprising that she can yeah. <laughs> that's what august says i don't know anyway so august during all this like these like they're on dates these are dates they're eating and they're kissing they're dates mm-hmm. and but august is like you know and you know, all of her roommates are telling her like you're you are in this too deep and she's like no it's just like for research it's not she's not even really kissing me she's just thinking about this other girl that she used to kiss in like 1973 (sighs) and that's how we found out that she used to live in new orleans like Uh you know yeah totally normal stuff yeah and (laughs) so they do that for a while and then um one day um so she gives Jane a cell phone, which is very cute um, because Jane doesn't really know how to text and she signs all of her texts, Jane Sue, like, hey, I heard the song on the radio. It made me think of you, hyphen, Jane Sue. Okay. And so she texts like, she texts <laughs> like, like, like somebody's mother. Yeah. yeah. It's very cute. <laughs> and um, so one day she, August is at a party, which August is never at a party. And so Jane, and Jane texts her like, hey, what are you doing? Wait, and, so Jane can text her? Yeah. Like yeah. Jane, so Jane is existing in the normal time stream, kind of. Yes, but like time doesn't time doesn't pass phone. for her. Yeah, time doesn't pass for her. Um, but now she's she's tethered now. Like for mm-hmm. all for like the past forty whatever years, she hasn't been tethered to anything because nothing mattered to her until she like mm-hmm. met August and had this like sense memory and like she's well, this comes out later, but I'm sure you won't be shocked to find that she also is extremely attracted to August, even though August doesn't, and despite the fact they've been making out constantly in a very hot way, August is like, no, it's not really, she's not even thinking about me when she's kissing me. And I'm like, girl, um, I'm astonished. You're dumb as hell. Yeah. And so, so (laughs) anyway, August at this party and, um, and the, and the guy who's a party, who's a drag queen, um, is like, oh, you should have her come. And she's like, oh, she can't come. <laughs> she's on the train. And time traveling train lesbian. <laughs> and so the drag queen, who's awesome, is like, well, let's just go down to the train and, and uh, have the party there. And so they just like take this party to the train. And Jane is so excited and so having so much fun. And then she kisses August like without it being under any pretense, you know? Sure. She didn't just she didn't just eat a whole can of tuna fish right. for, for science experiment reasons. Right. right. They're not. <laughs> yeah. So she just kisses August as August. And then she like. She remembers everything like she remembers. Well, not everything, but she remembers the the broad strokes of her timeline where she had like two sis. She had two younger sisters. Um, Her real first name is Biu, B-I-Y-U, which is a Chinese name. She's Chinese American. Mm -hmm. Um, Mm -hmm. And uh, and she like changed it to Jane when she left home. And she just like she left home one day in 1971 because she was gay and knew that her parents wouldn't be okay with that. Yeah. And just like lived a ton of places, hitchhiked, you know, was around a ton of different cities. Um, and, uh, she doesn't really know, uh, she like, there's some things missing still, but like the broad strokes of what she ended up doing was just like being a gay Rover, (laughs) um, like having no real place to be. Um, but like, getting into fights with cops and, you know, uh, being, being, going to protests and seeing the first, um, wave of AIDS, which no one was calling it AIDS. No one was really aware of it being AIDS right. in the seventies. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know, there was a sickness, uh, and people were aware of that. At least this in sounds, some it's circles. really interesting how this is all really grounded in the world of 1976. And there's nothing like those are, those are, you know, it's a long time ago because all those problems now are like solved and don't happen anymore. Yeah. Yeah. Like none of that's like none of that stuff about protests or how cops are bad or, or, you know, yeah. diseases. It's all, it's all one time. Fine one time August gets on the train and Jane has like a fat lip and she's like, what happened? And she's like, Oh, some, uh, some guy called me a slur. And so I punched him and, and, uh, in the scuffle, throwing him off the train, uh, my lip got hurt. And, mm-hmm. and August like, did you call the police? Like you're hurt. And she's like, I don't, I don't, I don't F with pigs. Like that's yeah. like, <laughs> like very dismissive. Like, why would I do mm-hmm. that? Like that's mm-hmm. an insane thing to do. Mm-hmm. Um, if she, I mean, if she could get over signing her own name to all of her texts, she would fit in on lefty Twitter pretty well. Oh, yeah, I absolutely. Like, I think she'll have an okay time acclimating if she can ever escape from this train purgatory that she's that yeah. she's stuck in. Yeah. 
in the meantime, there's two broader things happening. One is that the Q train in September is going to be completely shut down for like three months for the first time ever. Um, and so that's scary because no one knows what that would do to Jane. And the mm-hmm. other is that Billy's ha- is closing. That's the, re- the, the diner because um, their rent's being raised. Also relatable. Mm-hmm. Um, and they can't afford to buy it. Um, so then, uh, then there's, a, so August is, you know, they figured out what her, you know, her general timeline is, you know, what she's about. There's, but they don't really know, like, how can we help her? Like why, why she's, why this happened, why she's stuck on the train, all that's still mm-hmm. a total mystery. Mm-hmm. She still doesn't mm-hmm. remember like what happened immediately before. Like that, that stuff is still not, not coming. And like all of August's friends are kind of in on the thing. Yeah. Now, right. Three they like, know that there's this time traveling. Yeah. They also lesbian. like, they, they like go with her and hang out sometimes. And just like, you know, they all like, it's like Kurt's her girlfriend. <laughs> this is okay. August's girlfriend. <laughs> They're so cool. I love her roommates. They're so fun. Mm-hmm. Um, and there's like, there's other stuff that's not got to do with Jane about like just August's, you know, coming into her own and feeling more comfortable and being like able to stand up for herself and that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, which is, you know, it's just, you know, it's, it's, the, it's secondary to the the main plot. But it's still, but it's still happening. Yeah. Like, it's, it's still, it's still part of the like tapestry that yeah. the, the book is weaving. It makes it feel very, of the themes of, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. It makes it feel very like, I don't know about realistic, but it makes it feel more like a lived in person. Like it's not sure. just this one person by herself. She's got a whole, a whole thing. Yeah. Um, so, uh, then one day, uh, Jane and, uh, August are on the train like late at night together when mm-hmm. there's like no one else there. Mm-hmm. And, um, the they're crossing the bridge. I'm not sure what bridge they would go over, but they're like, you know, they're on, they're on the bridge. One of them. <laughs> it's like the Brooklyn bridge. I really, I really a bunch of native New Yorkers would probably know. And we're from Philadelphia and we don't need to know any, any stuff about, you know, that other city. That lesser, the lesser city of New York. The, the lesser Easter East coast. City. <laughs> I do remember when you read this book, like at one point during our, beach vacation you're like i'm enjoying this book but they have not they have not had any sex yet yeah i'm getting and i'm like when are they going to get to the fireworks factory (laughs) so i just i just pulled a a quote tab out of my my book and it is a little more than halfway through when this happens so they're sitting there and they're talking and um and Jane all of a sudden just starts like yelling at August, like, what's going on? Like, what's wrong with you? What's, Mm -hmm. what's happening here? And she's like, like, what's the matter? Like, and, um, and August, and she says, Jane says, is this a date? Am I on a date right now? And August like, do you want to be on a date? And which is one of the chief shy person things to say as a yes. form, mm-hmm. as a former shy person, I can trying adjust. not to answer the question and turning it back on the other yep. person. And Jane says, no, you tell me because I have been putting every move I know on you for months and I can't figure you out. And you keep saying you were only kissing me for research. And then you stopped kissing me, but then you kissed me again. And you're standing here looking like that. And these, you're standing there looking like that in these effing thigh highs and bringing me wine and making me feel things. I didn't even know I could remember how to feel. And I'm going out of my mind. And August like, wait, you like me? And Jane's like, are you kidding me? And so mm-hmm. then they like yell at each other for a while about how they're obviously both like each other. And then they, um, and then all of a sudden, the tr- and they like, they want to, you know, do stuff, but they can't because they're in a public space on this train. Yeah. Nobody's ever done. Right. (laughs) And so then on this bridge, which is the most private place it could be with no one else in the car. And there's, you know, no one can, the the train stops. Yes. And so they do it on the train. Nice. Um, And it's, it, so first of all, the idea of having sex on a, any public transportation, but definitely the New York city subway does fill me with great nausea. Like, no, thank Mm you. But, and I don't like, I don't know again enough about this New York city, I guess. Like, is it like, is this an important place in America? I don't even know anything about it, but (laughs) I don't know if the Q train is one of the ones with like new train cars or with like the old nineties. They have both. It's the ones where like, sometimes (laughs) it comes and it's the old ugly orange ones. And sometimes it's the sleek blue ones. August specifically got on the train to have this conversation with Jane when it was one of the nice new ones. Okay. That's that's interesting. It's still gross. It's still gross, but it's very hot in the, in the book. 
Um, and so they, you know, they do it and it's, it's August's first time doing it. And Jane is like, and so August's embarrassed and she's like, that's, it doesn't matter. <laughs> like I've literally done it with a million women. <laughs> like it doesn't bother me. Mm-hmm. And, um, and it's very hot and they are, you know, they're obviously in love, but they're not like telling each other about that. Mm-hmm. Anyway, so she gets back to <laughs> take a breath. It's okay. Yeah, it's 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 a very good sex scene. Yeah. Um, and How, like, is it? Does it get? We we don't need to go into like the blow by blow. Like, does it, does it? What kind of sex scene is it? It's obviously not like a fade to black, but how like no, mechanically they, <laughs> descriptive so they, is, is it? Great question. Like, the, it's 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 more sort of you know poetic poeticals to. It's very hot, but it's also not very specific. Like they don't like use organ we don't get a lot of, words, like, like body for part vagina. words. No, yeah, okay. there's no word for vagina. It's just like you know, went down on or <laughs> uh, you know, between her legs, like that kind of thing. Like yeah, okay. a, a more more um, lyrical than than sure. some of, some of the dirtier books that you guys have read. Okay, <laughs> <laughs> um, and uh, so. It's very hot, but it also drives the plot forward because it brings August to the realization that Jane, um, she, so at the, the next day she realizes that Jane's um, phone is not charged, but it still works. Jane's, elect, none of elect, Jane's electronics have like batteries or any sort of actual charging, but they all work fine. And also the train stopped when Jane wanted to have sex. Uh-huh. So the, there's something to do with the electricity. That is why they are, you know, uh, why she's stuck there. Like literal electricity and not like the figurative right. electricity yeah. between the two of them. Right. Oh, and also when Jane and August first met, there was like a, um, you know, a static shock between them. And so that's mm-hmm. also got something to do with like why that grounded Jane in reality. August then has a call with her mom who mm-hmm. informs her that uh, she is inheriting money from uh the mom's mom so august grandmother who she's never literally never met or seen and in as the because this mom sounds like she was really horrible to suzette that's august mom's name and her Mm -hmm. brother who is missing um so it comes out in this conversation that uh the grandparents paid for like all of august's education which august never knew um, and that they wanted to know August and Suzette kept August away from them for her entire life. Mm-hmm. And so August is extremely angry yeah. and basically and accuses, she, she says to her mom, it's like the only reason you ever even had me was to have an assistant to look for Augie. That's, that's her brother's name is Augie. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And Wait, Augie the, and August, his name was August. Okay. She's named after her, her uncle. Oh, okay. Okay. Sure. Then she doesn't speak to her mom for a long time, uh, which, you know, honestly understandable, <laughs> but, mm-hmm. but like, you know, she really loves her mom. Like they, there were several, there's several other scenes where she's like talking to her mom on the phone and, and she clearly really loves and wants the best for her mom. Um, but you know, it's just kind of excruciating. And then, so she goes to the train to talk to Jane about it and like tells her all about this. And then all of a sudden Jane realizes that she knew Augie, the uncle, in 1973 mm-hmm. and she knows that he is dead mm-hmm. um, because, and he, cause he was gay too. And I don't know if Suzette knew that, um, mm-hmm. if, if that she knew, she knew he had run away from home, but he'd written to her for, for years after he ran away from home. And then he stopped writing in 1973. And the reason why was because uh, he was a bartender at a, a, New Orleans bar that was the victim of a arson hate crime that killed mm-hmm. 32 people. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and is this a, I assume it's probably a real the thing upst- It's called happened, the upstairs lounge. I actually don't know. Should we look it up? That sound that sounds familiar to me here. You keep going. And okay. Um, and so, Oh yeah, definitely. Yeah. This is definitely real. Yeah. So, um, he on June 24th, 1973. There you go. In New Orleans. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, 32 people died and at least 15 were injured. Yes. Official cause is still listed as, quote, undetermined origin. Yes. Well, it seems like, from from the perspective of this book, it seems like it was a hate crime. Yeah, no, I mean, sure. Um, So 
with this revelation, you know, Jane remembers how she like she left she left New Orleans sort of like a ghost uh, because she was so heartbroken because Augie was like her best friend and like they lived together, and um, she uh, went to Brooklyn and sort of was just starting to get like sort of back established. But so the interesting thing about all of these these revelations, because she's also like remembering things about like her parents and what it was like being a closeted gay teenager and this and the pressure and the fighting she would have with her parents and Jane's sort of, because Jane's line's base, Jane's baseline personality is, you know, charming, charismatic, um, tough. Um, but remembering all these things is really sort of messing with her, you know, that the, it's, it's cracking her exterior, um, mm-hmm. to remember all these, like, you know, these grief filled things. And, and so as they're trying to figure out how to, how to like help Jane because the plan is to try to get her to go to back to her time to the seventies. And she's like, I don't know if I want to go back. Like, I don't know if I can go back. And I like, I don't know what will happen to me. And I don't, and I don't have any choice in any of it because if they shut down the Q train, then I'll probably just disappear. Mm -hmm. And you know, she's feeling like she's dead, but not dead. It's yeah. So it's, um, and then, um, so they eventually figure out that Jane, that the day Jane uh, got stuck, you know, got stuck in the train electricity mm-hmm. is um, she, uh, it was during the, the New York blackout of 1977. Mm-hmm. Um, she fell on the tracks and hit the third rail immediately when the power surge like swept through the city. And that like attached her brain and physical form to the, train electricity yeah that's uh, that sounds that's scientifically sound i think it's not but it doesn't matter because <laughs> it's <laughs> no, just no. a book and so it's just be it's just it's just it, pretend it's just pretend and so they <laughs> so august whole little like you know group of misfits they uh have this sort of double header event where they're going to have this giant fundraiser party in the subway to raise money to save billies and also they're going to like throw a switch or whatever that's going to like throw an electric charge or something to try to replicate the power of the 77 blackout. One of her Uh roommates is like an electrical engineer. So she knows how to do that, I guess. So she, uh, they, they have this party. Jane and August have this big, like final, uh, moment where they like say that they love each other. And I'm like, literally, obviously you love each other. Like you've loved (laughs) each other since the moment you met. Like, I don't Mm -hmm. know why you guys Mm -hmm. are acting like this. Mm -hmm. Um, so, uh, and then, so the surge happens and, um, and then Jane is just gone. She just it disappears. And so August is heartbroken, but also happy because at like at the moment of the surge, she like had a little, uh, vision glimpse into like the street corner in 1977. And so she, they, she feels confident that that's where Jane went back to. And so she's like trying to make peace with that. Mm-hmm. Um, she's not, she's specifically not using her detective skills to like figure out what happened Track to her, her down, because yeah. she's like too heartbroken about it. Um, but you know, life goes on and it's been a few weeks and then, uh, they're having this big, um, we like, we saved Billy's party uh, when all of a sudden Jane walks through the door. Did they have, and sorry, did you, did you say how they saved Billy? Did they put on like one big talent they, show to like <laughs> raise the money to save they the rest the money to, yeah. yeah, they did, <laughs> but they, they were, they were, they were, uh, $10,000 short or something like that. And then mm-hmm. August got this, um, this, uh, inheritance. Oh, yes, the, and so the, that's the, yes. what makes up the difference is so they're having mm. this giant party. It's too bad that they didn't have time to throw a big, one big talent show to save the <laughs> pancake house. I mean, they did, they literally had a drag show, but it just wasn't okay. quite enough. Like that's mm-hmm. what the party was, was a giant drag show. This is the kind of tropes that I need. It's like more books need to end like with a big talent show that solves all the characters, financial problems. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> um, so it's like a combination of the giant talent show and the inheritance, you know, you know, mm-hmm. so it's a two for, mm-hmm. and then, so Jane's there and like the, the, the electric charge, like threw her off the tracks, but it like, because time and space are like not real, it just took a while for her, like rematerial. It doesn't matter. Like the point is that it doesn't matter. It's just a story. But <laughs> so, um, 
August just like takes Jane home with her and they do it in a bed and it's very, very nice. Wait, and so then it's Jane is still like 24. She's 24. But like they, as they spend the next few months together, it becomes clear that Jane is like there for real. Like she's like, she gets a gray hair, like her first ever gray hair. And it's like, okay, okay but so she's, she's, but she's not like aging to, she doesn't have Jack disease. She's no, not no, aging she's to still catch just, up with. No, it's just like she skipped 45 years mm-hmm. and then, um, that's convenient yeah. for everybody. Yes. <laughs> yeah, it worked out. Yeah. Um, and, um, August, uh, you know, August, so August calls her. Oh, and they also realize that in fact, Augie, the uncle did not die in that fire. Um, cause, uh, he had, in some real, he had sent uh, <laughs> Augie who did not die. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Um, the reason why, uh, no one ever looked for Jane when she disappeared in 1977 is because she told them all she was leaving the next day because mm-hmm. Augie had sent her a postcard from California, from San Francisco. He had gone to San Francisco and he'd written her a postcard to come meet him. And so everyone thought she was leaving anyway. So no one like wondered where she was mm-hmm. and it was like they were Facebook friends or something. So they just like figured she'd moved on because she's kind of a wild rover anyway. And um, so it turns, but so actually he is dead, but he didn't die like in grief and trauma in San Francisco. Like he had a boyfriend. He died, like died in a car crash in the nineties, which okay. like this, that's still sad. But <laughs> It's still sad, but it's not like <laughs> as sad. <laughs> Um, So like August calls her mom to tell her like to say that what happened and tell her what, you know, what all of the the revelation is. And her mom apologized for all this stuff. And and she says this very sweet thing. She says, "Um, I'm really sorry if I made you feel like I'm sorry. I'm really sorry if I didn't make you if I'm really sorry if I made you feel like I didn't love all of you. You're my baby. And I was like, oh. She's her baby. <laughs> um, and uh, then, so August doing her, her sleuthy thing um, tells uh, Jane that her two sisters are still alive and one of them has a gay son. And the reason why she knows this, because she saw Facebook photos from the gay son's wedding where all of the family was at and everyone seems cool with it. And, uh, that even her parents are still alive and they're like okay. in their nineties or whatever. So wow. the last scene on the, in the, uh, the book is them getting on a train or bus or something to go to San Francisco to meet Jane's family. And they haven't quite figured out like how they're going to explain the fact that she is still 24. Maybe they'll say that she's her granddaughter or something yeah, like they, yeah, you know, there's, I mean, it's, it seems like everybody else in this book is sort of has, has, been okay with taking this whole situation at face value. So yeah, like maybe, <laughs> maybe it'll just be okay. Maybe it'll just be okay. Um, I mean, that's, that's why people like romance novels, right? Is because everything works yeah, out. Okay. Ever after it's yeah. not like happily ever after, but also we have to explain why I'm 30 years younger than I ought to be. It's right. just like it, it ends before you have to deal with yeah. any of that stuff. Right. Um, and like, so as I was reading this, because I'm not a huge reader of romance novels. I, I, the ones that I've read, I like, but it's not a genre I necessarily gravitate toward usually. But uh, I think it's, I don't think I'm being disrespectful when I say that you, with romance novels, you usually know basically what's going to happen from yeah. pretty early yeah. on. Like, it's pretty clear. Yeah. And I, I really wasn't sure with this one. Like, I, I really thought it might be that Jane, you know, went back to the 70s or something like that could have been a happy ending. Like they could have written that as a happy ending too. Obviously it was going to be a happy ending because it's a romance novel. Right. But I thought but it, it could, was, it it could still be August meeting Jane, like 70 years old and like yeah, have a, having had a beautiful full life or whatever. Like yeah, there could, there could then, have been a way that, Hey, Jane has a granddaughter. Right. And like, she's and hot she too. Exactly the same. <laughs> she's also hot, but she's yeah. not stuck on a train. Yeah. <laughs> Right. So I really wasn't sure how, which way it was going to go, but I'm glad it went this way because I really like them together and they, mm-hmm. they bring out the best in each other, which is very mm-hmm. nice. Um, nice. So, yeah. So it's, it has, it has all those like, you know, everything works out tropes that make, I think the people who love romance novels makes them love romance novels. Or like this specific kind of romance But it's novel. still, but there's, yeah, right. But there's still a lot of like, what is going to happen? Like you, I really didn't know what was going to happen. Like how, how they normally get the sci-fi elements. Yeah. yeah. I think that that's a, that's a, what's the word I want? It's a, it's a, it is a literally a twist on the, yeah. 
Yeah. Thing. So, yeah. um, so yeah, the first twist being that Jane is stuck on the train from the seventies is obviously the biggest twist, um, which is give, if you read the back blurb, you already know. Mm-hmm. Um, but, uh, like, yeah, it's just, it's, it's really beautifully written. It's really just like charming and funny and um, like, again, I'm not going to say realistic for obvious reasons, but like the way people talk to each other is like, you know, that's kind of the way young people talk to each other. It's, it's lovely. Um, mm-hmm. And, um, and I really cared about all the characters from, from jump. I didn't find anyone like too over the top or annoying or right? everyone. And you was, liked like, all lovely. the, like the ancillary characters. They were so too. fun. They were so fun. And like, they have their own little arcs and things too, that are, you know, very human. Um, yeah, it's just, it was super great. And I bought the first, well, her first book, Casey McQuiston's first book, Red, White, and Royal Blue, which I didn't start yet because I didn't want to get it confused with this you one before we recorded. Streams, yeah. yeah, I didn't want to cross the streams. But I uh, am anticipating liking that one just as much. So yeah, it sounds like you liked it. I loved it. Um, I would I'm read excited it. for you to get to read the other one now that yeah. you don't I have to it, talk about this one anymore. Yeah, it's not the same characters, which is too bad because I love these characters very much. Um, but... I bet I will love those characters too, because obviously Casey McQuiston can write a charming young person. Yeah. Seems to be right in their wheelhouse. Mm -hmm. I do like, (laughs) I'm a little concerned about the, like the power dynamics of like a, you know, a a president's son and like a prince of England. I mean, I guess neither of those. I don't think either of those is formal power, but no, I could see how it like could have like social, uh, policy repercussions theoretically i think that's part of it yes yeah it it could cause bigger repercussions because of how high profile they are it's not just like some girl and some other girl on a train in the 70s i will say that the title of this which is one last stop is a Mm -hmm. bad name it's it's not a good title i forgot it i forgot it constantly i kept trying to remember what the book i was reading was called and i couldn't remember it's just like it doesn't do anything for it i think the i don't remember the the whether it was mcquiston talking or it was an interviewer but i did read the phrase magic train lesbians in connection to this book and i think that's probably the title they should have called it the girl on the train but that's a different book this is really different Mm. It's, it's, it's like a suspense <laughs> murder other, mystery. The other girl on another girl on a train. That was a HeadGum Podcast.